Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of Parker here. I am your host, Parker Haney. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, right as I said, let's get going a little more consistent. I immediately missed the next week. So that's what's up, man. You know, that's what you get when you're listening to uh, Parker here. Just a whole bunch of consistency, releasing on random days. Y'all just got to stay up on the socials, you know what I mean? Um, again, obviously, shout out Nate for the intro. My picks weren't great. <laughs> um, I obviously had the uh, the Bills advancing um, and winning the Super Bowl. Um, I had the Vikings advancing, beating the Giants. I don't know how much I actually want to talk about that game. Um, just hurts me to my core. I was distraught for about day or so we'll just go through all the matchups because I want to do a whole recap and then and then we'll do some conference championship predictions and then obviously a Super Bowl prediction as well um I might talk a little bit of betting as well I don't know how much you guys would like to take my advice (laughs) because I have not hit a single bet since the playoffs started so that's the kind of hot streak we're on right now. Um, <laughs> but other than that, you know, I feel like I gave pretty solid advice. All right. Let's just start with the AFC. Um, Chargers, Jaguars. Man, I said it when I did my first when I did the first preview pod of the of the NFL playoffs, I said the Chargers are going to charger at some point. Um, it's been talked about a lot, right? I mean, playing Mike Williams in that Week 18 game, him fracturing his back, I know it's hard to say that, you know, well, they would have won that game for sure if he was there. Well, we thought they were going to win it for sure when they were up 27-0, right? I mean, that's that is they should have won that game. But inexcusable by Brandon Staley. It just doesn't – that just doesn't make any sense. Um, I feel like it's really hard for – especially me, right, where I'm trying to come on to the sports media scene and I don't I don't have the contacts within, you know, these professional organizations. But you just rarely see NFL analysts, sports media analysts, whatever, these, these professional um, – media guys talk about what specifically is wrong with the coaching, right? Obviously playing Mike Williams in that week 18 game was wrong. What was wrong about Brandon Staley blowing that lead? The fact that even me, like I said, without connections in the organization can point out the fact that in that second half, they were snapping the ball with 15, 14 seconds left on a game clock. The clock is your best friend. Why would you ever snap the ball to run a play on offense with more than five seconds left on the on the play clock? The game, the, it, it, it does not make any sense. Why are you snapping the ball with 16 seconds left on the play clock? Let the game clock tick all the way down. Let the play clock tick all the way down and burn as much time as possible in that second half. It was, it's, it's, genuinely ridiculous things that that Brandon Staley was doing and it's it's just embarrassing if you're a Chargers fan really but 
if you're the Jaguars, I mean, what a win, right? And then you you go and you play the Chiefs tough. I mean, that was a really good game. That's a game that, that they could have been in. There were a couple big drops by some receivers. Um, but you have some over there, right? And I, I think that you're – you're very pleased with how that game went. Again, I talked about it in the last in last two weeks ago episode. The Jaguars had had nothing to to play for, right? They were playing with house money. They weren't supposed to be there. They weren't supposed to win their division. They weren't supposed to be in the playoffs. And now you can kind of play however you want. And then you go in and you almost win a divisional round against the Chiefs. Like, I mean, that was a heck of a game. And and you know, for them moving forward. It's, it's only up from here, right? Like, that's an incredible performance, and I think that, you know, they're in a really good spot moving forward. Doug Peterson is the head coach, doing a lot of good things for them, and, and obviously, I mean, something happened to Trevor Lawrence there, right? Like, that's a huge confidence boost, being down 27-0, having potentially the worst half of football you may have ever played in that first half against the Chargers, four interceptions, like, and then in, in, to come back and – and win is just really incredible. Bengals Ravens. Um, I don't know if that game was different than people expected, but like, it's the Ravens, right? And it's the Ravens against the Bengals. It was going to be a game no matter what. Like that, you just you can't find a more ridiculous matchup, regardless of how much more talented the Bengals are, regardless of how hurt the Ravens are. You knew it was going to be a game. Um, Obviously, the play of the game, Tyler Huntley going up over the line, reaching across the line. He gets hit. He fumbles. Hubbard takes it the other way, 97 yards, whatever it was. I want to talk about two things. One, if that's from the one-yard line, Tyler Huntley scores. The Jaguars went for two in their game, and Trevor Lawrence did the exact same thing. Granted, Trevor Lawrence is obviously taller than Tyler Huntley, but Trevor Lawrence brought the ball up and reached over the line. He was at the one-yard line on that two-point conversion, and that's why it worked. If they were at the one-yard line, they would have scored a touchdown. But that was a 14-point swing. You're on the two-yard line about to score, and then you give up seven points, right? That's a 14-point swing in a game that, I mean, you just can't, right? It's, it's an impossible <laughs> – that's an impossible thing to overcome. Think about being down 14 in that situation. Anyway. That's what I want to talk about. I don't, I don't hate the play by Huntley, right? You, they say you never want to leave your feet because then you're losing all your momentum and then you're just going to get pushed back no matter what. You have nothing left to, to push you forward. Yeah, I agree to an extent, but now that you can have you know, your fullback push directly on your butt and push you forward into the, into the touchdown, like I, I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that one anymore. That's a tough play. That's a bang-bang play. I don't think Tyler Huntley needed to be in that situation regardless, and I don't really want to get into the Lamar Jackson stuff. Um, I'm the biggest Lamar Jackson stan you'll find. Um, I'm all for extending him, paying paying him whatever he wants. Um, I think he's an unbelievable quarterback, and when he's right, he's – yeah, I think he's a potential top three quarterback in this league. Uh, Dolphins-Bills. Obviously, now knowing the result of the divisional round game um, where the Bengals beat the Bills and it wasn't particularly close, 
that game, I can look back and be like, well, yeah, that was obviously a concerning loss. But even at the time, and I just need you guys to trust me, <laughs> I thought that that was a concerning loss. I did not, th- and obviously Skyler Thompson was playing better than anybody could have imagined, but they shouldn't have been in that game. That should not have been a game. The Bills were supposed to be the Super Bowl favorites. In theory, they were supposed to be the ones that everybody else had to try and beat, and the Dolphins hung with them in every sense. Um, man, it's it's hard to say, but you have to think if Tua's there and even – you know, forget all the concussions. You feel like you feel like they win that game. Yeah, that's a hard one. Again, looking back, now that we know the result of the divisional round game, we can say like, oh yeah, that was concerning. You know, you obviously needed to be worried after that one, but people were still confident that that they could pull it out. All right, going on to the NFC. None of these games were particularly great obviously the closest one was Giants Vikings 31-24 this is all I will say I am not like a a big like Kirk Cousins believer I'm not you know gonna be irrational about anything this is all I'm gonna say if you think that any of the losses were Kirk Cousins fault if you want to talk down on him and and say that he's a bad quarterback and can't win a Super Bowl, that's fine. I get it. He was phenomenal this year. He was phenomenal in that game. He was pressured more than any other quarterback in the NFL this year and still had a receiver go for almost 2,000 yards. He was unbelievable in that game. And on that throw, right, it's fourth and eight. Hmm. Now I have my numbers mixed up. Maybe it was fourth and 11, and he threw it three yards, whatever. He threw it short of the sticks to TJ Hawkinson. One, Hawkinson was a matchup nightmare all game long, doing whatever he wanted. Two, Dexter Lawrence was in his face immediately at the time that he threw the ball. Three, none of the other routes even had the opportunity to get to the sticks. They were probably at nine, maybe 10 yards, and they hadn't turned around yet. And Kirk Cousins wasn't just going to chuck a ball up and have a Hail Mary throw in hopes that they come down with it, right? You would rather complete a pass, put it in play, and hope that your guy, who's been a matchup nightmare all game long, can break a tackle and get to the first down. Is that how it turned out? No. Was it short of the sticks? Obviously. Would I have wanted him to just toss it up in Justin Jefferson's direction and hope that he could make a play like he did against the Bills? Yeah, probably. But when you're looking at who Kirk Cousins has been and the way that he has won games this year, eight game-winning drives in fourth quarter or overtime, the man has been unbelievable. I'm going to trust his gut over mine in saying that, yeah, he can check it down to TJ Hawkinson in hopes that Hawkinson will be able to make one guy miss and potentially die for a first down. Again, that's not what happened. We shouldn't have lost. The Giants are not that much better of a team as we saw them get smacked by the Eagles. But how about this? How about the Vikings defense don't give up over 400 yards of offense to a Giants team with a bunch of no-name receivers that were wide open all night long? How about that? Don't blame Kirk Cousins. That loss is on the Vikings defense. They fired Ed Donatel, the defensive coordinator now. Oh, all right. And that's all I'm going to – again, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. That's all I'm going to say. 
<laughs> I was kidding. All right, 49er Seahawks. This one was a game, cool first half. I feel like the Seahawks played as well as they could have in that first half, and then the Niners just had, I mean, just more talent. They're just more talent, more physical, just better. Seahawks probably shouldn't have been there. That game would have been amazing if it was the Lions instead of the Seahawks, but it is what it is. Um, Niners came out on. And I'm not saying that the Lions would have beat them. I think the Niners still win that game. But, again, fun game for the first half. Division around AFC. Jaguars, Chiefs. I already did a little bit on this. That's it. That's that's a scary thing. You just don't know what Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to do. He came out; those first two drives looked like, I mean, ooh, wow. He looked so unbelievable. He looked so unbelievable. Um, he was slinging that ball wherever he wanted. He was throwing it from whatever stance he wanted. He was throwing it with no feet on the ground. The guy looked just unbelievable. I apologize. That was the divisional round. I'm going to finish up the divisional round. I forgot to talk Cowboys, Buccaneers, but I just I just don't. I'll hit it right now. I just don't care. Buccaneers shouldn't have never been there. I ranted about that on the on last time's episode. Buccaneers shouldn't have been there. Don't have – if you have a losing record, don't – especially don't host a playoff game. That's fine. You're the division champs. Be the eight seed. Be the seven seed. I mean, don't freaking host a game. Anyway. Don't know what's going to happen to Tom Brady. Don't really care. Michael Parsons. Man, that guy is unbelievable. All right, Jags Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes looking like he's going to do whatever he wants. Not a dirty play when he gets hit and it comes down on his ankle. I don't know. I haven't seen any update on, on uh, what they think the injury is. Um, maybe I, I could have missed it. I don't know. But that's scary. His best asset, not that it's scrambling, but it's being able to maneuver his body in a way that that he just never gets disrupted in his throws. Defensive linemen almost think that they have him sacked. They almost let up. They almost put their hands down because they think he's going to go down. Things of that nature. And if he is unable to, if, you know, if he's just not fully healthy, he can't do all of the things that he wants to inside the pocket, maneuvering around the pocket, getting outside the pocket, scrambling when he needs to. All of those things are are very obvious. I don't need to tell anybody that. Um, but that's going to be interesting. We'll we'll see what happens with with Patrick Mahomes and and how healthy he's going to be. He's going to get asked a whole bunch. How your how's your ankle? How's your ankle? I was worried it was his knee. Right. He he kind of grabbed his ankle at first, and then as he stood up, he he was massaging his knee a little bit, which. You know, that could have been an even scarier situation with an ankle. I mean, you can protect it almost perfectly, right? You just tape it up as much as you can. He might not be as mobile, but at least he can plan on it and it won't hurt him as much. The fact that he came out and finished that game was was unbelievable. Uh, let's just go – let's go to the next Saturday game, actually, which was Eagles-Giants. Again, Giants shouldn't have been there. Um. Vikings should have advanced, and the Cowboys would have played the Eagles. Doesn't matter. Man, they look good. <laughs> I, I thought it was dumb that <clears> – <throat> I guess I, I shouldn't say dumb, right? The media needs to talk about something and the fact that the Eagles hadn't looked good in a while and the Giants were playing well and Daniel Jones was looking really awesome. 
So let's, that's what they're going to talk about, right? They're going to talk about how the Giants are playing well and the Eagles haven't played well in a while. The Eagles haven't cared in a while. <laughs> the Eagles have been waiting for this game. The Eagles have been waiting for this three-game stretch where they're going to win the divisional round, they're going to win the NFC Championship, and then they're going to go play in the Super Bowl. That's what they've been waiting for. They haven't cared for the last seven games about winning or not. Once they clinched a spot, they were like, all right, we're in. Let's get healthy. Let's rest. And, and still, some of their guys aren't healthy, and they, they looked unbelievable, looked unstoppable. And I think A.J. Brown only had like three catches or something ridiculous. They are a force to be reckoned with, looking potentially like the best team left. Um, Bills Bengals. First of all, aesthetically, that was one of the most beautiful football games I've ever watched. There was that, there's that wide shot. Y'all got to go find it on Twitter or whatever you guys are on. There's that wide shot of, of the Bills Stadium. Everything is completely dark in Orchard Park except for the lights on the field. You can see the lights. You can see the fans. And then the, the light snow, the flurry. Uh, the, the field was covered in snow. It was cold. You could see the breath of the players. I mean, that is exactly what playoff football is supposed to look like, right? There's a point where it can be too much snow and it's affecting the game too much. That was exactly perfect. You can see the snow on the field. You got to – you know, you got to shovel it off to see the numbers and to see the hash marks, and yet they're still out there playing, and every time they hit the ground, they slide for another six, seven yards. It was aesthetically, that was one of the most beautiful games I've ever watched just because that's exactly what playoff football is supposed to look like, and when you think of it, that's what it is. Um, Man, I mean, Joey B looked looked unbelievable. I think that conversation needs to be had that, it's Patrick and Joe, and then it's and then it's everybody else, and then it's everybody else. I I, I see no reason why Trevor Lawrence is not on the same level as Josh Allen. The Jaguars lost twenty to twenty seven. Trevor Lawrence has I mean he has some weapons, but not to the caliber of you know what you would say the Bills have with Dawson Knox and Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, and the Bills haven't haven't ever been able to get past the Chiefs. Bills lost to the Bengals now. Who's the one guy that's been able to beat Patrick Mahomes? Joe Burrow. <laughs> Consistently. If anything, it's Joe Burrow, then Patrick Mahomes. And obviously I understand that is not how, you know, you judge the the greatness or the the overall level of a quarterback is by what other quarterbacks he's beaten. I get that. But why is Josh Allen any greater than than Joe Burrow? And I, I just don't know if he is. Joe Burrow, or excuse me, Josh Allen can just turn into a hero and do some of the craziest things we've ever seen on a TV, and and that's why we think that that he's better than Joe Burrow. But as far as you know, putting his team in a position to succeed, putting his guys um, where they need to be to be successful and winning games, Joe Burrow's up there with with everybody else, potentially the best. Bengals beat the Bills twenty seven ten. Like I said, wasn't ever really close. Stephon Diggs getting after Josh Allen a little bit. Again, I'm a Minnesota guy. Looked a little similar. <laughs> Looked a little similar to when Stephon Diggs was getting after Kirk Cousins, yelling at him when he when the ball was overthrown, all of those things. Again, Stephon Diggs is one of the most competitive guys you'll find in the NFL. He releases it by showing emotion. He, 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 he can't hide it. He's going to be emotional out there on the field. That's what we saw. I don't think that they're going to get traded, that they're going to look to move him. 
that, you know, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are no longer going to be this insane duo. They are, but just looked a little similar is all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, 49ers Cowboys. This, I mean, this was an awesome game. I think we, I think it was a little bit of how I expected it to be. I think that it was two really amazing defenses and two fine quarterbacks. I know that people are down big time on Dak right now, and I get that. I've been a Dak guy ever since he was in Mississippi State. I thought he was unbelievable. Um, and now that we've seen kind of who he is in the NFL and and has these mistakes, and, you know, you're like, hey, they're growing pains. He's young. He's going to make these mistakes. When are they going to stop? When is he going to be done making these mistakes? When is he going to get the ball with, you know, just under four minutes left and actually take him on a, on a you know, potential game-tying touchdown drive? When is that going to happen? When are we going to see that from Dak? Because right now I, I, I definitely trust Kirk Cousins more than I trust Dak. If Kirk Cousins was in that situation, I probably would have thought, yeah, they're going to score. Granted, he – they were 11-0 and in one-score games, but that's kind of the point. <laughs> this is a one-score game, and Dak couldn't do it. I'm just going to talk about that last play. I, I guess I – I don't know. Maybe I just have a different sense of humor, or maybe I am just didn't find it that funny. And maybe it's because I don't hate the Cowboys like everybody else does. But the, the chances of you scoring a touchdown on that last play for everybody that also – Sorry, the play before that is a little bit hectic. Play before that, man, it looked like Dalton Schultz was in, right? By the time that ball touches his hands, his right foot was still on the ground. It's close, but they ruled it – well, I guess technically they ruled it incomplete on the field, huh? I bet if they called that a – I'd have to go back and look, but I bet if they called that a catch on the field, I don't know if they would have been able to overturn it. And, again, you heard the, the ref come on and he was saying, you know, like – he has to have complete possession of the ball for it to be considered a catch with his foot down. That I get. But it was closer than, than you know, how fast the, the commentators just brushed it off. Anyway, the chance that you score a touchdown in that situation, you got to go, what, 60, 65 yards, and you have one play to do it, the chance of that play working are so low that why would you not try something ridiculous? Well, you think a hook and ladder is going to be, you know, just like a base hook and ladder is going to be, have a better chance of success? Try something different. I understand a Hail Mary, you know, that might work. Have a bunch of guys run down there. That's probably the most reasonable chance. But, again, we didn't get to see what the full play was going to look like. They had Zeke at center. They threw an eight-yard curl. Guy got smacked, and that was it. Obviously, that wasn't how they intended the play to go. McCarthy is an NFL coach he's an NFL head coach that obviously was not how they wanted the play to go is that what happened yeah did Zeke get completely bowled over yeah but they were obviously trying to play that they had practiced probably a few times and were like hey this is probably our best chance at getting a touchdown right here instead of just throwing a Hail Mary and having it fall short so let's try this let's put all our linemen out to the left side We'll throw a curl. I would imagine that the curl was supposed to try and throw it out to the left side, and now you have essentially a type of screen with linemen in front of him. That isn't what happened. 49ers made a great play on defense, and it is what it is. I didn't find it that funny. I didn't find it that humorous. Did it look silly as it played out? Yeah, but, like, I don't know. 
And again, I think everybody just hates the Cowboys, so they want to, you know, hop on the bandwagon of making fun of them. But like, obviously, that isn't how the play was supposed to play out. Anyway, I'm a little bit against what the national media has been doing of just roasting them for that because I just your chance of success is so low that you might as well try something ridiculous. Why not? It's not like a Hail Mary was going to work. Did it probably have a better chance of success? Yeah, but you're also 70 yards away. That can't throw the ball 70 yards and get it to the end zone. His receivers probably wouldn't have time. He wouldn't have time to get the ball off. Like, try something. We've seen much more ridiculous and dumb plays this year. I, I don't know. It just was weird how much people thought that was hilarious. I guess I just didn't find it that funny. All right, you got Bengals Chiefs. I think my my uh, bias has been pretty clear. I think that the Bengals are going to beat the Chiefs. I think that the Bengals have had the Chiefs number. Um, again, it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. You feel like you can never count them out, but we keep saying that, and they keep losing to the Bengals. So <laughs> this time I'm just going to go with the Bengals because Joe Burrow has looked unbelievable. The defensive coordinator, I, forgive me, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, the Bengals de- defensive coordinator has been unbelievable. He has to get head coaching looks because he has been awesome. Um, especially in the second half. I mean, my goodness. The Bills just look completely discombobulated on offense, which is crazy to say about the Bills. The Bengals look so good, and they it's not like they have a crazy defense. You know, you, you go through and, yeah, it just – they're unbelievable. 49ers, Eagles, in my opinion, is the game of the year so far. These are – it's going to be an incredible matchup. Both teams that like to play physical, like to try and establish the run, but can also throw the ball over the place. I'm going to go Eagles here, um, and I, I, I give the edge to Jalen Hurts in the quarterback spot. I, I – forgive me. I understand that Brock Purdy 7-0 or 8-0, whatever it is, I get that. I – until he wins the freaking Super Bowl – I am going to think that the moment's going to be too big for him. And usually I'm the other way around. Like, usually I'm, like, all for the underdog and, like, I'm cheering for him. And, yeah, of course he's going to be successful, all of these things. At some point, the moment has to get too big for him. And and I could be way off base on that. But it, it just seems like it's too good to be true. And eventually I feel like he has to slow down. This Eagles defense is going to get after him. They're going to disguise looks. They're a, a very solid secondary with a pass rush that will absolutely get home time and time again. Son Reddick has been unbelievable, um, probably better than Micah Parsons has been, and Micah Parsons had a heck of a game against the 49ers. And then, obviously, the Eagles' offense has looked unstoppable up to this point. Um, so, yeah, I got Eagles, Bengals. I think I'm going to have to go with the Bengals. And my only, genuinely, my only reasoning for that is that Joe Burrow's a winner. And I know, I understand he lost the Super Bowl last year. And that's why I feel like he's going to win it this year. I just feel like that guy has winning bred into him. There were a lot of comparisons last year when they had their playoff run to Tom Brady. And I don't think they're that far off base. That guy has what it takes to win. And I don't know what that intangible is. I don't know if it's just the fact that 
he's willing to stand in the pocket and take hits for his guys to deliver good balls. I don't know if it's the way that he talks to his guys in the locker room, the way that he commands a huddle. I don't know what it is, but everybody on that field believes in him and they believe in each other. And I'm not saying that the Eagles don't, but just seems like Joe Burrow has that it factor um, of, yeah, we're going to win this game, obviously. I mean, I, I Joe Cool is just, yeah, the perfect nickname. Just seems like he can do no wrong. He believes that he can do no wrong, and he's going to go out there and win him a game. He's going to give everything he has, and all of his guys believe in him. They believe in each other, and they believe in the fact that they can win. That's it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, just another short 30-minute piece. Um, I really love podcasting, you guys. I, I, Again, I'm trying to get into more of a schedule. Um, we're going to be bringing some guests on here soon, potentially some, you know, again, obviously I'm here at SUU, so potentially some – uh, some of the basketball team, some of the football guys. We're going to have guests on. We're going to be doing some NBA stuff as well. But, you know, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for sticking with me. Thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah, have a wonderful rest of your day.